Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix. We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires, instead of always looking for the next quick fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. All right. What is up, you guys? Welcome to episode seven. Is this seven? Seven. Yes. I feel like I always forget too. (laughs) I know. I think some of the podcasts I listen to are literally like, I think it was Josh's the other day. I listened. He's like, episode whatever this is. And I was like, I relate to that. (laughs) Yep. So hard. So hard. Episode seven of the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. We're so excited to have you guys here. We are recording. Hopefully there's not too much crazy sound stuff going on. I am in a brand new place to record this podcast. And we've got a lot of, what do you call this? Reverb? Yeah, I would say reverb, reverb, right? There's not enough furniture in the place right now to soak up all the audio. (laughs) And I've got a lot of hardwood floors, but it's nice. It'd be nice though. We love it. But we're really excited to be here today. A lot of you enjoyed our episode, I believe episode four. Episode four. Four. No, Uh, it was five. Yeah, it was five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode Mm -hmm. five was nutrition myths that we busted. We spilled a lot of tea. And so we're back to spill some more tea with you today. We are super, super excited, guys. So we are going to be discussing our fitness miss now. So all things fitness related, everything that you've likely ever heard that probably isn't maybe the best advice. We titled our other episode, what was it? Bad Diet Advice Exposed or something like that. So this is basically bad fitness advice or fitness advice that you've probably listened to over time. You've probably utilized over time and it really might not be getting you the results that you want. So we're just going to dive right in here. Our very first one, probably the biggest fitness myth of all time is utilizing high rep, low weight for quote unquote toning or getting lean or whatever it may be. So I think first things first, we just need to kind of dive into what toning actually is. And I told Kylie earlier, I kind of want to get into like lean versus bulky muscle because this is something that we hear so many times. So basically what toning is, is First of all, if you know Kylie and I, you know that we hate this word, but... We use it because you guys understand it and it's what you all think you want. So... Yes. Yes, exactly. But so being toned is basically just having muscle on your frame and losing body fat to allow that muscle then to show through. That is what quote unquote toned means, okay? And you have to understand that I have had so many people come to me being like, hey, like, I want to build lean muscle, not bulky muscle. And I actually think we might have talked about this on another episode before too, but guys, all muscle is lean. Like it is lean mass. You have to understand that. So understand that by the type of exercises you're doing, you're not building necessarily a certain quote unquote type of muscle. And I think that that's something that so many people get confused about. Really, we definitely did talk about this because it's coming back to me now. But I remember us saying that really what goes into 
quote unquote, becoming bulkier or whatever it may be, might be the fact that you have a lot of muscle on your frame and you also have some extra body fat maybe. So you might look a little bit bulkier, you might look a little bit puffier, whatever it may be. But that kind of clears that up. But going back to like the high rep, low weight type of thing, you have to understand that if you are after this toned and defined look, you have to be able to build muscle. And how do we build muscle? We use progressive overload. We ensure that we are progressing in some form every single week. And don't get me wrong, this doesn't mean that we're not progressing in reps. We are. But if you are consistently utilizing like 10 pound dumbbells, even for like huge muscle groups, like building your booty or whatever it may be, even your arms, if you're getting way stronger than those 10 pound dumbbells and you continuously use them at just a higher rep range, you are not overloading that muscle. You're not putting a new stimulus on those muscles to allow them to grow. And I think that this is one of the biggest myths that we hear all the time. Would you say, Kylie? Yeah. I mean, this is especially because this is just what targets women specifically. It's like what we see. It's what you see on Pinterest or on like these little exercise videos or it's what's in ads or magazines. Everybody's got like the little tiny pink dumbbells and all of that. And it's just bullshit, honestly, because Mm -hmm. most of the people that you're looking at, if they have the type of physique that you want and they're training like that, they are either A, lying to you about how they got that physique. I actually know there's a lot of like influencers online that definitely like actually train heavy and then don't show that because it's much more trendy to put their stuff in this cute little swipe video of these easy, fun looking exercises, or they may train that way and they are genetically blessed. That is a factor. So some people can get the kind of results that they want from any type of activity, or you can kind of have that like newbie gain situation going on where maybe you're brand new to exercise and any kind of activity helps a little bit because you're still going to build a little bit of muscle from using some kind of strength training routine. So this is again to explain... I think is important that this isn't bashing people who are working out in this way or anything like that, because any workout is still moving your body. It's still good for you. But we are always here to talk to you about optimizing your results because Mm -hmm. there's so many women that come to us and they've been doing this style of training and they're not where they want to be and they don't understand why. So we're trying to kind of give you a clear picture here of what's optimal. I always like to preface that the things that we talk about are to just help you get those results as well as to just enjoy your lifestyle, you know, things like that. It's not ever trying to put anybody down that may exercise in these methods if that's just something you enjoy. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's a really, really good note to make. And a lot of times, although people may enjoy this type of exercise, like they'll be frustrated with their results. And it's like, well, sometimes you got to do those uncomfortable things. You got to lift that heavy weight and do the things that you've never done before. And most of the time, the women who are coming to Kylie and I, they haven't truly trained with the intensity and with the heavy weight that we would like them to, to be able to see the results they want. So again, like... It's one thing if you truly enjoy it, you want to do it and you're like, I'm fine with where I'm at. Like I'm good. I love my results, whatever it may be. But like if you are really frustrated that you're not achieving this quote unquote toned or defined look that you want, this more muscular and lean body, this is a place to start. A place to start is focusing on those heavier weights, making sure that you're progressing and stop fearing lifting heavier than like 15 pounds, right? 
Exactly. And I kind of want to use this to transition to the next one. I think we had this as number three, but I'm going to do it now. So we'll look back because a lot of times I think one of the appeals of this is those workouts, when you're throwing around a lot of reps, they make you pretty sore Mm -hmm. and that makes us feel really good. And we've kind of been beaten into us somehow as well, that if we are sore, that's an indicator of a positive workout. Like, and I get that it's gratifying to feel like the effects of the hard work that you're doing. But then what that comes to is kind of this myth of if we're not sore, I didn't go hard enough or the workout wasn't good or it wasn't quality. And I know Kara and I were just talking before we started the podcast. We have clients who come to us expressing this, especially because when you first start, if you guys are brand new to strength training in general, and then you start strength training, you're going to be really sore because it's a new stimulus and it's your body's not used to it. So you're going to have that first two weeks that like feel like death probably. But then they come to us kind of panicked in like four weeks, six weeks, things like that, because they're not getting that same soreness every week and they feel like they're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. But you guys, the truth of the matter is that soreness is not necessarily an indication of progression in your strength or your size. It's just an inflammatory response. So your body elicits this if your eccentric movements are experienced, if there's enough of them. And the eccentric here is basically, it's just a part of the movement. So it's when you are typically doing like the bigger, what's the best way to explain this without having like a visual, like the force of the movement, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you're going like down into a squat or if you're lower dumbbells in a lift. Yeah. 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 So it's the negative. Sometimes people call it the negative or the lowering portion. Yeah. Yeah. The lowering. So it's not the part where you're like pushing through what's usually like the hard part that you consider. Mm -hmm. I think it's so much easier when I could like, I'm like waving my hands. Like you can see me. I I always call it the lowering portion. And I think that's like one of the easiest ways to kind of picture it. Yeah. But yeah. So for instance, you can make yourself really sore if you do enough body weight squats, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of the thing. And this doesn't necessarily translate into optimal leg growth or necessarily getting better at squats or getting stronger at squats. Mm-hmm. Soreness from heavy lifting, in contrast, is a consequence from that new stimulus. So what we just talked about, like, you know, if you hit a PR, if you hit more reps than usual at that weight, if you're new to lifting, you can still get that stimulus from heavy strength training. But over time, that level of soreness is going to decrease due to the adaptation. So we talk about adaptation, I feel like a lot in every realm of health and fitness, and it applies here too. So our body can adapt to that soreness while your strength and your physique are still improving. So just chasing that soreness is just not conducive. It's really more important to focus on the quality of those reps and the challenge of that heaviness of the weight to determine the quality of your progression. Because actually, you guys, if we perform extremely high reps just for getting sore, you're targeting what is called your type one muscle fibers. And when you do this, it's not targeting our type two muscle fibers, which those are the muscle fibers that like the majority of what we're doing for increasing the size of those muscles and increasing our strength comes from that. And this loops back to what Kara was talking about. Don't fear increasing the size of your muscle because that's how we get toned. I know that's kind of what like makes people afraid, but you have to understand that your body is going to adapt to whatever you do. So Mm -hmm. if you want to get really good at hitting a bunch of high reps, then you have to understand that the muscularity, which is again, your toning and your strength is like not necessarily going to align with that. So yeah. Do you have anything you want to add on that? No, I think that's perfect. And honestly, I just bring it back to again, like 
you have to understand that that is an acute response, right? Like that's an acute inflammatory response that happens within your body, especially the first time. Like think about when you like switch a training program after you've been on a training program for like three months. You're not as sore on that same training program after three months. And then you switch and you're like, holy shit, like I cannot walk today. You know what I mean? And I get a lot of people coming to me often who are like, oh, I just love things. And again, not bashing it, but I just love things like hit workouts or classes or orange theory or whatever it may be, because it's just like, it leaves me so sore and sweating at the end. And I'm like, listen, a solid training program likely will not leave you feeling your most sore every single week. Okay. It doesn't mean that you didn't have an effective workout. So no, I think you explained that really, really well. And I think that it's just important again, to focus on the intent behind those lifts for sure. For sure. And especially it's important to understand too, you guys, that as you get further into this journey, you're probably, if you, especially if you're working with a coach, for example, you're optimizing things with your nutrition, with your stress, with all of that too. And all of that aids in your recovery. Sometimes the soreness you're getting from those workouts too, might be because you're not like properly fueling and refueling your body. Like you're not sleeping enough. Like all of those things play into this as well. So that soreness really is not always correlated with that quality of that workout. So with all that being said, there's a reasonable balance that's best, I think, between high and low reps. Like we're not saying that everything we do is like under six reps or like yeah, powerlifting no. style. Like I still do some things in the 10 to 15, 15 to 20, but that's more of like accessories or tacking yes. things on. But the best thing that you want to do here is have that variety and your focus being on the these major compound movements being in that heavier range and trying to just beat that. And we could go down a whole nother rabbit hole about like not getting as tied up on like stopping at your reps. We'll do another like failure. Training yes. Podcast yes. Yes. That would be great. That would be a good one yeah. to bring Justin back on for failure. Oh my training. gosh. Yeah, that would be good <laughs> for sure. But all right, guys. So myth number three is no days off, bro. Oh. <laughs> I go so hard in the gym. I go every day. I go every single day. You, what do you mean you don't? Wait, I actually have a funny, really funny story. So it was like two months ago, one of my friends was like, because he didn't see me because we both do two days on one day off training. Mm-hmm. So our Same. rest days kind <laughs> of differ. Yeah. So our rest days differ every week. And he didn't see me on a Monday because it ended up being a rest day. And I saw him the next day and he was like, where were you yesterday? And I was like, oh, it was a rest day. And he goes, you take those? And I was like, you don't take those? Why? Why? Like, uh, and then he was like, oh, I'll never miss a Monday, never, and all that shit. And I'm just like, all right, dude. <laughs> but yeah. it was just, oh my God, it breaks my heart sometimes because I'm like, man, like, here's the thing is that even just thinking like no days off and also thinking that you need to work out like even like five, six days a week, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I would say anywhere from like, if you're trying to seriously build a solid physique, build muscle, whatever it may be, we should be strength training preferably at least three days a week. I would say anywhere from three to five days a week. I personally like my clients, depending on the person, to have two rest days a week. Most of my clients Mm -hmm. just because I expect them to train at such a high clip and such a high intensity. But guys, you have to understand that if you are not taking rest days, you are literally, you are not furthering your progress. You are hindering your progress, okay? Like if you are going in the gym and everything is feeling like so heavy to you, you feel like you're hitting plateaus and you're somebody who's like, I'm not taking any rest days. 
you need to start taking rest days. Your body literally, this is exactly when your body changes and your muscles grow and repair themselves at rest. Like sleep along with rest days is one of the most important things in allowing your body composition to change, not only muscle growth wise, but also fat Mm -hmm. loss as well. And that's so freaking important. And some things that you might start to see that like your recovery is really poor. Maybe your resting heart rate is super high. Maybe your fasting blood glucose is going up. Whatever. Yeah, stress. All of these things are a sign of poor recovery. And the fact that you need to take more rest days. Understand that. I literally remember like Justin made a post about this. I think it was like growth, rest days are growth days. Yep, I was going to say days are growth yeah. days. Yep. And it's so true because you have to understand that when we work out, our body is in a catabolic state. Like we are breaking down that muscle. And mm-hmm. whenever we're resting, we're in a more anabolic state. We're building, we're repairing. And that's just so freaking important, guys. Like if you're not taking rest days, man, you are hindering your progress so much. Absolutely. And that's something that's really hard for people to wrap their head around. I know mm-hmm. for me, my sweet spot, again, I work with primarily like beginners fresh to strength training. Mm -hmm. So my girls typically are in two to four days a week. And I actually very rarely have clients that I let exceed four. I'd say on average, I have three to four days. And that's also because taking into consideration, you guys, the gym is great. And that's why we do all this fitness stuff. But like so much about your journey and your progress relies in... Think about how many hours are in a day. There's 24. Even if we spend two hours at the gym, which you don't need to do, but if you spend an hour to an hour and a half at the gym... I'm terrible at math, but it's a very low percentage of your day. So if you look at that, like all of the rest of that day, like your daily meet, hitting those step goals, moving around, hitting your proper nutrition, getting enough sleep, stress management, all of that stuff plays such a big role that if we put all our focus, like there's people that are just like blowing all of that, but they train seven days a week, bro. Like, you know what I mean? And so that's not conducive for you at all. And people Mm -hmm. don't understand. I have a lot of clients that I start them out on like, they have a little bit more gym experience or they ask like, Hey, I have it in my schedule because that's a big part too, is guys, when you start a fitness journey, I think a lot of people are deterred because it feels overwhelming and it feels overwhelming because of what this like societal idea, I think of what fitness needs to look like. So a lot of times you're hesitant to start because you're like, I don't have time. How can I go to, I don't have time to go to the gym every day or five or six days a week. Like that's too much. Or you try to start your journey there when you've never gone to the gym at all. Mm -hmm. And then in two weeks, you're like, F this, like, this is so hard. I don't have time for this. It's stressing me out. Like, and you quit. And that's why I start smaller and later. I have a lot of girls that start with me on two days a week just to build the routine. And then in a month they've nailed that. We'll add that third day. Like Mm -hmm. you can do things like that to get yourself into it. But I have clients that panic when they get their plan and they're like, can I have a fifth or sixth day or like two days a week? Is that enough? And I'm like, yes, it will be fine. Especially if we get all of these other boxes in check, because I don't want you stressing yourself out and trying to get to the gym whenever we haven't even crushed like learning how to be properly working out in general. So I don't want you going there and exhausting yourself. And Kara talked about how this plays into recovery and all of those things. Like exercise itself is a big stressor on your body. It's a physiological stressor. So Mm -hmm. if we are creating too much stress, we're definitely going to do a whole stress podcast sometime. Yes. But if we are doing that, that is hindering your progress too. So this is really, really important. And I do love that mentality for me because guys, for those of us who like live and breathe the gym, rest days are hard sometimes. Like I do love to go, but now honestly, that mentality shift that Justin gave us of like, these are growth days. It Mm -hmm. truly did like a mindset shift for me. Like that's why I'm so big on like verbiage and just how we say things because that 
made such a difference for me or calling them like recovery days. Like, cause I feel like there's, there shouldn't be, but as a society, like the word rest has like a negative connotation. Like it makes us feel unproductive or lazy or like that we're not doing something we should be. And so to kind of change that verbiage of that for me, made it like now, like today is a rest day for me. And I'm like, Ooh, I have all these things I can get done and I can do this. And you know, it's been a rest day for me for three weeks. (laughs) I know. Yeah. See, Kara has to rest this whole time for poor soul because of this injury. That's something that helped. And so if that helps you guys, you know, we'll pass that Justinism on to you because that was really useful to me. And the other thing that I try to stress to everybody is they're always looking for a way to do more with this. And one of the best things that I think we both use and has been told to us is that more is not always better. Better is better. So if you are able to train the way that you should be to get results, I think Kara touched on this and you can go six, seven days a week you are not training hard enough when you are there. Yeah, You can go every day. You are wasting your time on the days you are there. You can go really hard and make a bang in four day, five day a week sessions. And that's much more conducive. Yes. So it's not always better to do more. It's better to make the ones that you are doing better. Yeah, I totally agree. And something I want to pop in here really quick. I don't know how we didn't think of this one, but this is a really good one that I got to pop in here is... So speaking of like doing more and I want to add on to that by like people always wanting to consistently switch up their programming. I was going to say that. How do we not think of that? I like, don't know. What? That's a huge one, but... Bonus I, myth. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But Kylie and I are both very big advocates of sticking to one training program, especially because again, like if you are a beginner or even if you're more intermediate you are likely still trying to perfect all of your movements, Mm -hmm. all of your form and increasing weight at that more perfect form. You're telling me that you're going to get everything down in four weeks and really progress with that and say, yeah, I'm ready for something new. No, that's bullshit to me. I am huge on keeping my clients on a plan for at least eight weeks. Like at the minimum. Yes. Like both Kylie and I, I've been on my plan for eight months now. I haven't changed it. And it's just, again, like if it's working, why would you want to fix it? Or why would you want to change it? And I know that, again, I understand like, oh, that feeling of having something new and like whatever it may be. And a lot of times people will say, oh, well, I'm getting bored with a split. If you are consistently beating what you're doing the week before, and if you are consistently progressing and challenging yourself in the gym, there is no boredom with the split. You are always freaking crushing it and you're getting hype because you're beating what you did the week before. If you're getting bored, likely you're staying stagnant and you're not progressing. So understand that like, if you have a coach who doesn't switch your training plan that often, they're likely doing it for your own benefit because they actually want to see progression with that. Like, I swear it's not just us not wanting to write you a new program. Like it genuinely is the fact that we want to see you progress with it. And we know that it's going to take you longer than four weeks to do that. Yeah. I've been on my current split since October Mm -hmm. and this is what April. And before that I was on it since May. And honestly, May to October, that switch is the soonest a program switch had happened for me in a long time. Before that, it was like a year that I'd say on a program. And occasionally like, yeah, I'll switch out 
out and exercise here and there, but the basics stay. And when I switch that out, it's often just because I found a similar exercise that I was able to get like a better contraction or better engagement or something like that. Or maybe I learned how to use a new piece of equipment because like we talked about, we're always learning and I'm like, Ooh, I like the way that is better. But again, that's because we kind of have that knowledge to be able to do that from obviously we coach y'all. So we can kind of figure those things out. And, you know, substituting in an exercise here and there isn't a big deal. But I think Kara's right. There's a lot of this that comes from that boredom and that idea to change it. And then I think it also ties into our topic about soreness that a lot of people chase that. So they're constantly changing the workouts because once they've adapted, rather than writing that out to progress, they want to change it so they can get that sore feeling again. So number four is booty bands. So building your booty with just booty miss all of them booty miss yeah just booty miss booty miss so building your booty with like booty bands body weight exercises all of those different types of things and again we are not here to bash anyone who utilizes booty bands whatever it may be but here is the thing guys two things that you have to understand if you genuinely want to grow an ass if you want to grow the peach you have to understand that you have to lift heavy and you have to eat, okay? And likely, a lot of that is going to come along with potentially gaining a little bit of extra body fat, your overall legs getting bigger as well, hamstrings popping more, whatever it may be. But understand that like there are so many times I see you know, like post the influencer type thing where it's like, oh, grow a booty. And they're using like this tiny little booty band and doing air squats with them and jump squats and all of these things, guys, that is not placing the stimulus on your glutes that you need to grow them. Understand that. And sure, there might be some instances where a band can be helpful, especially in fixing like maybe like form or like knee valgus or something like that. But like- Quarantine. Quarantine. (laughs) Dude, we were banned. Throwback. During, throw back, man. How has it been a year, dude? That's crazy. But yeah, just understand that like, how can you expect to like, say you're somebody who's like squatting like, I don't know, 180 pounds and then you're adding on some like light glute kickbacks or like donkey kicks or whatever it may be with body work. Like how can you expect that to provide the same stimulus as a 180 pound squat that's performed correctly or leg press or RDL or whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. It's not providing you guys with the same stimulus for sure. So I think that that's just a huge one. And again, I think it's something that you also need to make sure that you are eating enough if you want to grow your glutes as well. Like a lot of times people will be like, oh, I want a smaller waist and I want to grow my booty, right? Like that's what all of us, at least the ladies, like that's what most women want. And the thing is, is that you have to understand that growing and cutting are two kind of exclusive phases. Don't get me wrong. There is body recomposition that can happen. There is muscle growth and fat loss that can occur at the same time, especially in those newbie phases. Like, holy crap, you are getting newbie gains so much. And a lot of that body recomp happens in those first few stages of you starting your journey. But understand that if you truly want to grow the booty, like you're going to have to get uncomfortable and you're going to have to be okay with eating a lot more and focusing on overall growth and probably adding on a little extra body fat as well. Nothing too crazy. And then when you cut down next, you have that more toned physique everywhere else. That waist will get smaller Mm -hmm. and you'll lose a little bit of that body fat on the glutes too. But that will also mean that they're bigger and they're more defined. You guys, like a lot of people, I don't think, I mean, it seems like common sense, but your butt is a muscle. The glutes are actually like 
one of the biggest muscles you have. So we should be training it to grow the same way that you would train the other things to grow, which like we talked about is the heavy weight and fueling your body with enough food. And that is something that's so difficult for people to kind of wrap their head around. And it's really important because we do see that a lot. And if you are trying to have that fat loss and muscle building at the same time, like Kara said, it's not impossible, it's difficult. But a lot of times the reason why this is possible is because you are going through all these phases of proper growth and surplus and things like that. So then you're able to cut down from higher calories. So that helps you preserve muscle mass. You don't you want to be cutting down really fast. That's something. If you just go into a really deep deficit, you're just going to start like melting that body fat, which sounds appealing, but that's where we end up not having that toned physique or the glutes that you want. So again, this goes back to all these processes that we constantly talk about. If you'll notice, our things tend to correlate with one another on purpose. Mm -hmm. So if you go the slow, sustainable route and we go through these proper phases of cutting and reversing, 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 I'm going to just keep saying that. (laughs) Reversing, reversing, reversing. That wasn't a mic error. That wasn't a mic error. This was intentional. (laughs) And maintenance phases and surpluses. If you go through all those cycles and it gets uncomfortable and there's times like that that are hard, but eventually that brings us back around to whenever you cut every single time, you're going to look better. You're going to have a better booty. You're going to be leaner. You're going to have more muscle definition pop in. The beauty, the victory is in the long game. Yes, it truly is. I couldn't have ended that myth better myself for sure. So guys, our very last one, I feel like we've covered like eight myths instead of five, but this was good. That's fine. Our very last one is that there are specific exercises that you can do to spot reduce fat. And oh, how I wish that this was true. Like, wouldn't we all just love to do a hundred crunches mm-hmm. and have our belly fat melt away, right? True. But this is not the case. Sadly, spot reduction is not a thing. And it's actually crazy to me how many people still believe it's a thing. Like I get this so many times like, hey, like what can I do to get rid of like this fat under my arm or like my love handles or whatever it may Uh be? Guys, you have to understand that. (laughs) Yeah, diet, but not in a stupid way. You have to understand that fat loss comes in like a total body process. You cannot pick and choose where you lose fat from as shitty as it is like adding in an ab routine every single day is not going to make you lose fat from your stomach okay well now what you have to understand is that yes we can target specific muscle groups and specific areas of the body to allow those areas to become stronger and allow our core to become stronger build biceps build our triceps whatever that may be but the fact of the matter is, is that like, if you want to get abs, if you want to have like noticeable definition, again, you have to have enough muscle on your body and then you have to adjust your caloric intake and you have to diet down in a way that gets you down to a low enough body fat percentage where those can show through. And again, whenever you go into a dieting phase, you cannot control where your body loses fat first. And for many of my women, guys... We are female. We are meant to carry fat around our midsection. We're meant to carry babies. Like it's normal. And that's something that I want you guys to understand as well. Like all of us have a little bit of body fat on us. Okay. All of us have a little bit of tummy on us. And it's just something that's normal. No matter how lean that you get, like obviously you can diet down to where there's very minimal, but like again, it's healthy to have some of that. Absolutely. And 
I just think that this is something we get so caught up on because again, it's just marketed to us. It's like target this, like under belly blast. Or, oh my God. Yeah, oh my gosh. Under oh. booty. You're like, eliminate that thigh gap, like all that stuff. First of all, I'm a big fan of, I think this is on the Grow or Die podcast that Justin was like, we're going to start a movement about like anti-thigh gap because oh, I'm again, so anti-thigh gap. I'm trying because- to yeah like guys like sexy muscular legs are in twig legs are out like i'm just kidding if you like your skinny legs that's fine but you know what i'm saying is it's out if you don't fucking care about it it's not in just because society tells you it is or isn't what we need to worry about is being healthy and again if you guys want that butt that bang and booty that we want which i think is sexier than some chicken legs you're gonna have to grow those tree trunks that kara's talking about and it doesn't have to be huge obnoxious or like manly but like having some of that curvature and not stressing all these different stereotypes that are out there is one, just really important for your mental health, but also for you to be able to get the progress that you want. Because if you just keep panicking whenever these things have to grow or get in these uncomfortable phases, understand that it is just a phase. And whenever you cut down, it's going to look differently, just like we were talking about with the last myth. But you can't target it. I wish you could. Like We all have places on our body that we wish that fat would disappear faster, like in places that it goes really fast. For me, I know Karen and I have talked about it. Like The minute I start any sort of deficit, like I swear we could cut calories 100 calories and mm-hmm. my face slims down. Face, like, yep, same for my me. My face is insane. And the Automatic. same thing as I go into off season, I'm a little fluffier faced, you yep. know, but I wish that my extremities, like my arms actually hold my body fat whenever I put weight back on. And whenever it comes off, it's a little slower there or used to be. But again, those processes and places that have been slower or quicker have also changed and evolved every time I do all of these phases too. So Mm. that's, again, just a reminder that like we can't decide that everybody has those insecurities. Everybody has those places that they wish they could drop the fat quicker, but we can't choose that. Genetics do play a large role in that. And it doesn't mean that you can't make progress there, but how fast in which place it comes off first is sometimes just out of our control. Yep. Yep. And that just comes back to controlling your variables and controlling the things that you can control. Like you can't control where you're going to lose fat from first. You can't control how quickly you're going to lose it, but you can control hitting all of your variables and focusing on the positives and what you can do every day to get you to that end goal. So I think we spilled a lot of tea here today. This was episode guys so I just want to say from Kylie and I both thank you guys so much for being here with us again and as always please leave us a five-star rating and review we appreciate it so so much and if you guys know somebody who needs to hear this episode please 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 tag us share it on your stories and yeah thank you guys so much Yes, guys. Thank you. And please do leave us those ratings and reviews. We say that every time, but if you enjoy this podcast and you want people to know about it, or you want to help us out because you love us, that's the only way in the podcast world that you can grow. So the only way that we can get more visibility, get more views, get more traffic to this podcast to be able to help more women stop doing all these crazy myths and start improving themselves in a healthy and sustainable way is with your help. So please do just take that quick time to leave us that five-star rating and to write us a review. And again, we love seeing those social media shares. I love hearing about how the episodes resonate with you or what spoke to you. We do this for the impact. We do everything for the impact. So we would love to hear from you. And just like with the diet myths, if we left anything out that you've heard that you're tired of or some kind of bullshit that's out there about fitness, hit us in the DMs on the at not your quick fix podcast account. And we can work those into a future episode. We would love to spill some more tea.